Welcome to Pink Girl Podcast. I'm Alicia Clayton, your host. This is a podcast about women's stories and all things girl power. All right, we are recording. Welcome to the episode. I have Sheldon Lawrence with us today. Welcome, Sheldon. And the first um, male story I'm covering. You've made history. <laughs> That's right. I feel privileged. <clears throat> so, yeah, we talked about this. Um, mostly do women's stories and sharing their stories and their businesses. But you're one of my mentors, so I'm counting mm. that. as You're mm. an honorary member here oh, thank you. <laughs> of the tribe. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be your mansplainer here. Yes, perfect. <laughs> represent, represent. Um, Steve wouldn't, my husband wouldn't, um, he was not wanting to represent. So okay. it's okay. It's All okay. Right. You take one for the team. That's right. <laughs> so maybe, um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, yeah, we can, we can talk about how we met and stuff really fast too. And yeah, okay. maybe just introduce yourself. How yeah. did we meet? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you worked at BYU Idaho. You were um, one of the directors of the tutoring center, and I was one of the tutors. And we worked together. And um, you know, it's funny. <laughs> now that I think of this, Alicia, um, it all started with an interview. You were you came into my office to That's interview right. me for the reading center newsletter or something like that. Was That's that right? It was, it was a big publication. <laughs> That's big. right. That's we, uh-huh. <laughs> we had we had. Uh, all but you know 10 readers yeah. maybe that's right and you got the scoop <laughs> you got the scoop the, the new hire the new hire that's right that's right yeah i can't remember what we talked about like your background and hobbies yeah. i can't remember right. but, yep. yeah yeah but then it was kind of you know we built this friendship and this mentorship right. where i was Absolutely. always in your office like mm-hmm. hey what should i do about this and yeah. i always loved it i loved it when you drop in that's great. <laughs> well, and then when um, I was dating my now husband, he came and mm-hmm. was able to stay with you guys and yeah, while we were dating. And that was awesome to just mm-hmm. have that, have a safe place for him to hang out <laughs> <laughs> while we were following yeah. the rules of BYU-Idaho. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember you guys. Well, never mind. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good story, though. It's a yeah. good story. <laughs> You you hanging out on the car until like yeah. three in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we, <laughs> we left the like motor parents. Running. What are those kids doing down there? <laughs> well, it was really we were just talking because we yeah. weren't allowed. <laughs> it, it was the rule where you couldn't go in the house after <laughs> ten or something alone yeah. or something. That's right. <laughs> we were like we're in the car. BYU Idaho yes. has been practicing uh, lockdown and social distancing <laughs> long before this pandemic. Oh <laughs> it's yeah, been, it's been oh, a smooth yeah. transition. <laughs> it's been a smooth transition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy. Oh, yeah. But you had just finished your masters, right? When we met. Um. That's yeah. I mean, or that's where I. Okay. I I had yeah. I kind of. I finished before I started the job. Okay. Because you was, had taught at West Yellowstone. Were you at West Yellowstone? Yes. Okay. At that time, I was gearing up to enter the PhD program. Okay. At Idaho State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, you worked on your doctorate, and then. Yeah, so <clears throat> got my PhD um, at Idaho State in 2012. I've been teaching at BYU Idaho since um, 2004, so about 15 years now. Yeah, man, 15. Yep. yep. Crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Time flies. Yeah, your kids were little. I remember. Um, 
when we'd go over and hang out at your house and like I think Isaac was four maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah Crazy. yeah they were all so little teeny yeah, yeah. now he's graduating and weird yeah. <laughs> right yes Crazy. (laughs) And so your background was in English teaching, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then what was your master's in doctrine in? So so actually my my master's degree was in um, English Mm -hmm. and uh, it was kind of a, I guess creative nonfiction was my, my area of emphasis. Yeah. In that. And then my, PhD is what they call English and the teaching of English, which is kind of generalist, really, yeah. in, in its emphasis. It was um, mostly focused on rhetoric and composition, um, more that than literature. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And then, do, were you always working on personal memoir? I just remember reading a lot of your personal memoir and loving it. And is mm, that you. part of your, one of your theses? Or? So, uh, the master's program was that that was my emphasis and so that my master's thesis was a creative nonfiction piece it was a memoir of um my moving from utah to west yellowstone when i was 11 when uh, our family moved up to west yellowstone small tourist town at the west entrance of yellowstone park and uh it was quite a culture shock just turned my world upside down and so it, it it created a lot of um memories i guess yeah for, content and, and, and for your content for memoir yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. didn't your de- you didn't your parents own a hotel or a yeah they yeah. they later on owned one but at first when we moved up they were the managers okay so, yeah it was so lots was of good content experience. yeah that's yeah, yeah i mean just just kind of crazy stuff it's yeah not, uh, not the usual childhood not the usual town to yeah. grow up in so yeah. that's it's been fun to and I have kept on working with that material and cool. I am right now still writing stories. I'm still not sure how or what form I'm going to publish those. in. Yeah. Cause you, some of this. your, some of your articles have been published um, in like LDS living was one of them, right? Yeah. And so I've written different types of stories for different, you know, and the one in LDS living was about meditation mm-hmm. it's called uh, be still. And, um, the you know i've entered the contests and written for, yeah. for journals and things like that um i should say you know you know placed in contests and things like that but cool. yeah it's um because you didn't didn't you write about some of your time in hawaii too when you guys did you do a sabbatical and did you yeah. did you mm-hmm. publish some of your stuff from that time um that that was <laughs> not um i think i might have published a little piece from that but i i didn't write a lot about that experience um, mostly it's uh, just little vignettes of family life, little reflections mm-hmm. on um, fatherhood and just kind of seeing, uh, I don't know, you might, it's what writers sometimes call a sense of wonder mm-hmm. um, in, mm-hmm. <clears throat> in, in writing, you know, just capturing the, the seemingly everyday moments, yeah. but, but seeing greater significance in them. Love that. Kind of, kind of what I enjoy doing. <clears throat> I love that genre too, just because I think we can all relate to the, to the everyday real life stories, you know, even mm-hmm. as a social media person, like people are drawn to stories and that's yeah. what connects them, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you published a book 
Hearts of the Fathers. So maybe just talk a little bit about that. Because that was so, an awesome, awesome success. Well, Big thing. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, it was a departure from what I usually write, which is memoir and personal essays. And yeah. So this ventured into, I guess you could call it metaphysical fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's <clears throat> it was based on, so I have had a lifelong interest in near-death experiences. Cool. Uh, and... I've read hundreds of them. And so I, um, I've, I've asked the question, you know, what would it be like? So a lot of near-death experiences portray what mostly we're familiar with. And that is seeing a light, um, mm-hmm. talking to, uh, you know, ancestors or family members who've passed on and then usually going back. But some of them depict uh, other realms where spirits are kind of lost um, mm. or, or maybe even wayward. And I thought, what would it look like for, you know, a spirit to um, be lost in the afterlife to maybe they didn't lead the best life uh, and they they have no direction, no, you know, and what would temptation look like in the next life? You know, we, we have images of light and clouds and, angels and things like that but it's actually yeah yeah, it's um but the souls go on to live there um in the same way that we live here they have diversity of experience diversity of social groups and Mm. different types of draws and attractions and temptations and what would it look like for a soul to get caught up in maybe some of the darker realms yeah and you know what you could call hell and eventually get out of that what would it like to what would it be like to escape that to to be rescued from that Yeah, redeemed yeah mm-hmm. and so that was the premise of the book it's it's about a a a man who who dies and enters the afterlife of course not realizing that that's actually what's going on at first um but is in a very dark realm and a dark place that he's not sent there in in my book people are not sent places as punishments mm. or rewards interesting they, they gravitate to the realm that most resonates with the kind of spirit that they are mm. the kind of character that they have developed and, like like um, the place they'd be most comfortable in kind of that that's exactly it yeah mm-hmm. uh most comfortable in or, or most attracted to even mm. if they you know a lot of times we claim to not be comfortable in an environment but there's something often that attracts us to it mm. if we complain about it interesting and, and uh and so that's what's going on with that and <clears throat> he i don't think this is a spoiler he he does find his way out yeah. but that's not the end of it it's not yeah. like he he's out and he's and, done and yay yeah. it's all it's all great um he continues to be plagued by doubts um addictions mm. um incorrect worldviews and he has to work through that stuff yeah and um and so i i was trying to kind of debunked the idea that well a couple things one that you know when we die we're that god sends us somewhere yeah as a reward or punishment i don't actually see that as the way it happens and then uh debunk the idea that when we die it's just going to be all angels and and everything's going to be great yeah and um our addictions or temptations or problems won't follow us in some sense they will we will have to i believe um work through those and the near-death experience literature 
suggest that yeah suggests that yeah um it's but also it's a very forgiving you know one of it's interesting the response to the book Um, yeah some people some people would stop reading in the first couple chapters because well, it's pretty it was dark. Too dark. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They said, this is too scary. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, well, just hold on, you know, hold it, on. It, yeah. it has to start there so that you can contrast it to what is achieved later. Yeah. I wanted to depict the full range of possibilities. Um, yeah. From, from darkness to light. And um, well, and it was amazingly done. Um, my husband read it first and then I was a little slower, but I just remember the moment when he finished, I just looked over at him and he was just, tears were just streaming down his face. And I was <laughs> oh. like, it must be good, huh? And he's like, mm. you've got to finish it. You've got to <laughs> read it. Oh, that's um, great. But yeah, I, I, love, I love hearing that. I think it, um, I think it just resonates with people. I, I love that idea that you interweave in there of like how much our relations and our relatives and our family are connected to us even before this life and after this life. I thought that was like a beautiful message. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was another important thing I, I wanted to convey was that often we think of salvation as this completely individual thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, that I'm either going to make it alone or not make it alone. But, but we have this whole team working on our behalf and, and, um, you know, I believe that we come in, it's, it's not quite the doctrine of original sin, mm. right? But there's something akin to it. And that is recognizing the fact that we enter this world into bodies that have inherited a lot of stuff from our mm. ancestors. Right? Interesting. We, we don't, we're not a blank slate. We don't come here as a blank slate. And I think that one of the things that we're doing here is, um, we're not just, you know, if, if we're working towards salvation and things like that, we're not just redeeming ourselves. We're, that, that redemption and salvation works backwards. Mm-hmm. We, we are helping out uh, our ancestors yeah. and, and those who come and after us children, as well. It's, yeah. it's very, it, you know, it's very interconnected. I think if we were to see salvation, it's not just one soul, you know, against the world. It's, um, an interconnected web of relationships and shared responsibilities, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of the things that we struggle with in this life, it may have been passed to us um, mm. from some previous generation. And, and there's kind of a shared responsibility there and a shared repentance as well. Yeah. Do you, what was it like kind of delving into the fiction world because you had been so long in the nonfiction writing mm-hmm. in the personal yeah. memoir. Yeah. I know we had talked about this earlier, but you said, you know, it was kind of cool to see the fiction because you didn't have to be tied to like true events. You could kind mm-hmm. of play in that world. What was that like? Yeah, that was fun uh, because, you know, a, a work of fiction like this, especially where it's this um, otherworldly kind of metaphysical thing, it's, it is a playground. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a what if scenario, um, and I think it's fun to work through possibilities like that. Um, it was a little bit different for me genre wise, and I still was comfortable, more comfortable writing it in the first person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But um, 
Did you yeah, write it I, in the? I can't remember. You didn't write yes, it in the first person, did you? I did. You mm-hmm. did. I'd forgotten mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm I writing like it that. from the point of view of, of the man. This, this, yeah, mm-hmm. and he is, which is very personal memoir-ish. You know, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like a memoir from heaven type of thing. A memoir from heaven. I love that. That uh, should be your tagline. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's cool. But but yeah, that's that's kind of what I was doing is imagining the speaker. Yeah. From, from a point of view of one who has been through all of this and now he's trying to convey this information to his living son who is still on earth in the form of a dream he's speaking to him that's right in the form of a dream um that he may or may not remember but that's not the point you know Mm. um, uh, so he was trying to talk speak to him somehow yeah yeah and i've had people have had interesting responses to that Um, in fact one woman she said she the first um the first line of the book is i have come to speak to you in your sleep Mm. and um i think it's that i haven't looked at it in a while but it's something to that effect uh and she said she read that first line and she just it just completely smacked her Mm. you know it just completely stunned her because she had had experiences with that Oh, things in her sleep, mm-hmm, dreams mm-hmm. and stuff. From wow. from from people close to her who oh, have wow. passed away. Awesome. And so anyway, she, she really resonated with the book and the message of it. That's awesome. So did you, um, what drew you originally to near-death experiences? So you've, you've read a lot about them. Yeah. What, what, mm-hmm. what draws you to them and made you want to write in that realm? Mm-hmm. You know, I had read so many of them that the the story was just kind of an outgrowth of that. I, mm. I wanted, you know, in the book, I wasn't ever in the book just plain making stuff up about mm. the next life. Interesting. I wasn't, I, I didn't just, except for maybe a couple of details here and there, just about everything there in terms of the world building and the, the worlds that are inhabited mm. are inspired by stories that I have read. Wow. So I, was, I wasn't just like, yeah, I'm going to make up some random thing. Hmm. So in that sense, it is based <laughs> based on a true story almost, even though it's a composite mm. of several different experiences. Because um, had you uh, seen kind of similar themes throughout all your absolutely. stories you'd read? Okay. Yes. I what were some of those similar themes? And I wanted to bring those together. It's like, mm. have instead of like all these fragmented stories, what would it look like to have this tapestry, this continuous story that expressed a lot of the ideas and things that people have learned through these experiences and so that was the attempt cool know. what are some um, of the similar themes that you found in your readings that you put in your story um, um well the 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 what's called the life review moment of a near-death experience um a certain percentage of experiencers have a moment where they are shown their life mm. and this vivid 3d sort of movie that they mm-hmm. can comprehend almost their entire life simultaneously with, with this very this high degree of perception and that's that's a common thing and and that experience the ability to see clearly in that moment mm-hmm. they're no longer defensive they're no longer like trying to protect themselves they're just getting this raw mm-hmm. objective view of their life without judgment without condemnation, 
Yeah. And if there is judgment and condemnation, it comes from themselves. That they, they look at that and they, they feel remorse about things they did or didn't do. Mm. Uh, it's not coming from the, the being of light who is showing them this. Mm. Um, and so that, <clears throat> that influenced it. Uh, but Do they all kind of have this being of light that shows them certain things or that's with them? Many, many of them do. It's a very common element. And sometimes it is um, an ancestor, a family member mm. that they, they actually they recognize. Know. Yeah. They recognize. Sometimes it's a being they don't recognize from this earth, but they just know them from somewhere. Mm. They just know that they knew them somehow. Um, and very often it's someone that they identify as Jesus Christ. You know, mm. they, that's that sometimes can be hard for people to accept. Like, uh, you know, how can that be that, you know, someone yeah. important as Jesus is going to come and meet right. everyone who dies. And I, right. I don't know the logistics of that, but a, a, a surprising amount of them say, no, this, it was actually Jesus who was there wow. with me. Um, and you're talking um, or just some all different unidentified, religious yeah, a, a different religious backgrounds. Mm. And sometimes it is just a being of light, just a, just they don't mm. they don't know who it is they just know that in the presence of this being um they feel absolute overwhelming love okay. uh, so that that's the if there is a common theme that ties them all together um it is just a sense of absolute love um even acceptance. when this person has done something terrible like your character in the very beginning mm -hmm. of the book you know he that some like he kills somebody Kind yeah, of. on accident, I mean, right. On Through accident. his own negligence, right. yes. Right. <clears throat> um, um, but even he, the kind of the, the lowest, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. in society, um, felt that love. That's really yeah. powerful. Yeah, and, and that is the way it goes. You know, even the, some of the what you'd call hellish near-death experiences I've read, um, most of those end with some kind of sense of... Uh, that the, they are loved and, and watched out for and that they wow. weren't sent to a dark place that they were sort of going there for other reasons but <clears throat> yeah overwhelmingly uh, there's a message of of love and acceptance um yeah and that, that that's what we need to be doing in this life is loving and accepting one another yeah and and just learning as much as we can about how this world works and why things are the way they are yeah and and um maybe relationships, you know, building those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, relationships are everything in, yeah. in these experiences. Interesting. Um, they are, you know, the, the greatest source of pain or joy in people's life review. And so, yeah. 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 So what, what are your thoughts now that the book's been out for how long is it's been a couple couple years. Um, <clears throat> it's been yeah, it's been a few years now. Okay. And <clears throat> mm -hmm. and like you know, every, it's not like it's taking the world by storm or anything. But every once in a while, <laughs> oh, it will. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you know, I get I get reviews or people uh, emails from people. Yeah. Yeah. That, cool. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's uh, it, it's it's been gratifying to see when it connects with yeah, someone. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, cause I'm sure you're making millions off of it. Well, right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Best. So, you know, everybody, everybody wants to interview me on their, their podcast. Oh, know, surprised I could uh, squeeze you in here. <laughs> and I only joke because some of my other friends who've written books have said, you know, like 
by the time the printing costs and everything come out, it's like you, you, you haven't made much. No, it's like, no. okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. It's, it's okay. a tough world to, to publish yeah. in. And you self-published, right? Yeah. Or did mm -hmm. you? Okay. No, yeah, um, I did. I, I did just um, for the uh, experience of it. You know, I didn't actually try submitting it to any publisher. I just thought, I want to see what this is like to take it awesome. through the process. Would you write, for someone writing a book, themselves would you recommend what would you recommend self-publishing going with a publisher what uh, you know one thing that that I learned and that did I guess was sobering is that <clears throat> there's no such thing as a a book that's just going to um, start spreading mm. you know I think that the hope and the fantasy is that this will just word of mouth and it will pick up and then eventually it will go viral and everyone will be and sharing there'll everyone. be a movie yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, and that just doesn't happen i mean yeah it the the amount of work and promotion that it takes to make a yeah. book actually move and go somewhere is enormous and so that's the daunting thing for the self-publisher is um yeah you know if if you just kind of want a, a book for a small audience and you just kind of want it for fun to, to go through the process that's fine but if if you're hoping it goes big, then it's, mm. it's, <clears throat> it'd be a long, hard road. Yeah. Uh, road in, in the self-publishing world. Yeah. Well, we'll, I'll definitely put a link below to, to, so people can get their copy. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Cause I highly, highly recommend it. It was, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, yeah. Any last thoughts you want to add before we, wrap it up. Thanks for coming and sharing your well, thank you. thoughts on your book. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh um, yeah, for sure. You know, I, I just maybe one parting thought. Um, <clears throat> sometimes the accusation, I guess, or the criticism sometimes with people who are interested in near death experiences is that it's this kind of morbid fascination with death or that it's a, a form mm -hmm. of escape. Like you, you know, you should worry about this world, not the next. Yeah. And I actually agree with those concerns and interest in near-death experiences has nothing to do with an obsession with the next world. It, they're all about this world. The reason mm. I have read them and studied them is because they teach us how to live this life. And they teach us the importance of paying attention to our relationships and the way we treat people and, and how we live our lives. That's what they do. I mean, I don't care whether the you know flowers are blue or purple on the other side. It's what what they've what they teach is uh, the message is is one of um, love, really, and I, that's that's the thing that's the most powerful message. Love in this okay. life, not just hoping for a future bliss or anything like that. Um, it's what to do with this life. Love that. Well, and I think that's such a timely message, especially now with, you know, the coronavirus and social right. distancing and right. yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a crazy yes. time. And those are the stories that I personally have been drawn to on social media is highlighting the givers and the ones that are showing yeah. love and are sure. finding innovative ways to, yeah. you know, share the best of humanity when it's yeah. uncertain times, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been inspiring to see people reaching yeah. out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you hope after all this passes, which mm -hmm. it will, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> that we, so. Right. That we come out better, you know? Right. And yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. love that. Well, thanks so much, Sheldon. For okay, well, thank you. This has been awesome. And I'll make sure to put your 
information below and oh, thank you thanks for making history as the uh, first male i, I hope that i show. represented my uh my gender <laughs> you did great you did okay. great thank you <laughs> thanks take care all right. all right you too see ya thanks for joining me on pink girl podcast tune in next time